0: Watch your man, Randy Savage, you are nothing but garbage,
1: yeah. Careful you don't hurt your neck again going through those ropes.
0: Welcome to a special episode of Boot to the Face Radio. I'm your host, Chris Rucker, and today I will be talking to the AIWF Mid-Atlantic Heavyweight Champion, Mr. James Anthony, independent wrestler based out of the Carolinas. We will talk about his career, his training in FCW, all the promotions that he's wrestled for, a couple run-ins with EC3, a little advice EC3 gave him. His appearance on Monday Night Raw and his tryout coming up with New Japan Pro Wrestling. And he's got a baby on the way. Good conversation. Uh, Really enjoyed it. I hope you do too. The next voice you hear will be that of myself and Mr. James Anthony, Mid Atlantic Heavyweight Champion. We'll see you in a second. Welcome to Boot to the Face Radio. This is Chris Rucker, and I am here with a special guest, Pro Wrestler James Anthony. James, welcome to the show.
2: Uh thank you for having me on the show, man. It's my honor and pleasure.
0: So uh we'll just get right into it. You you tweeted out that you wanted to be on a podcast, and through a buddy of mine and yours, Jay-Z Flair, he kind of hooked me up with it. So what what made you all of a sudden want to start being a guest on a podcast?
2: Well, I've actually been a guest on a couple of podcasts over the years. Um, but that was like when I first uh started out in the business. Um, you know, over the past nine years that I've pretty much been in the business, uh, you know, uh wrestling's changed, my story's changed, and you know, I just thought it was time to just get out there, try to, you know, get my name out there a little bit more, try to get on uh you know, some different show, introduce myself, um, you know, potentially uh, you know, find some other show down in the areas and you know, just do a little just a little little promotion for myself more than ever.
0: So you've been wrestling nine years? Yes, sir. Wow, that's a long time. You don't look like you're old enough to be wrestling nine years.
2: Yeah, I just turned thirty two, uh back in March. Um actually got a little boy on the way. He was supposed to be here yesterday, but Oh wow. You know, Yeah, but like his daddy, he's being stubborn and, you know, he's a little late. He's late. You know, I'm never on time for anything. So I guess he's letting everybody know that he's my child by coming into the world (laughs) late already. (laughs) So um, we're expecting my uh, girlfriend to be induced uh, Tuesday night. We're expecting him to be here, hopefully, either that Wednesday or Thursday.
0: Well, congratulations on the future uh, delivery. Is this going to be your first kid?
2: It's gonna be my first one, so I'm just I'm excited, nervous, whatever other word you want to think of, but I'm I'm ready, I'm ready more than ever.
0: And it's a boy, so you got the boy out the way first. That's a little boy, (laughs) yeah. That's what we did. We got we got the boy. For I got two, and I had a boy first, and I was like, all right, I'm done. And then you know, God was like, whatever. (laughs) So we got a boy and another.
2: Yeah, we want I I wanted to actually, I wanted a girl first, because um, my family doesn't have a lot of girls in it, and it's a lot of boys, so I was hoping to be the first the first one with a girl, because uh, my son had a, uh, my brother, excuse me, my brother had a little boy uh, about a year and a half ago, and I was like, all right, I'm going to have the girl watching, and then it looked like I was going to have a girl, but then it turned out to be a little boy, so now we're playing the game of who could have, who we have the next kid, who's going to have the girl, so. We're gonna try to make our mother, uh, uh, you know, we're gonna try to, you know, bring my my mother a little a little granddaughter eventually here in the future. So, that's in the plans.
0: Well, good luck and uh, like I said, congratulations. That's that's actually kind of the opposite of what happened with us with our little girl. She was a boy up until like a month before my wife went into labor, and we oh, went wow. to we went to do one of those little three D ultrasounds, and wow. the doc the doctor was like, "So they told you it was a boy." <laughs> we were like, yeah? She's like, uh. And, you know, my mom started crying. Her mom started crying. I started crying because I was like, no, I wanted a boy. <laughs> but uh, that's cool, man. Congratulations.
2: Thank you. Uh, thank you.
0: So nine years, where'd you where'd you get trained at?
2: I started training in 2010. Um, I graduated high school in 2005 um you know a lot of my friends went off to college um you know went on to have a uh, big job or companies and um you know I didn't really you know I didn't really have the the funds to go to college um you know I, I barely I don't want to say I barely made it out of high school but um I almost failed out of my English class um you know that was something that um you know i got lucky by the grace of god uh, my english teacher um because i was such a good student and because uh you know we had such a great relationship um she helped me out and she had me she let me do some extra credit work the last couple of days up to graduation that helped me out uh, so i always appreciated her for that uh like i said i graduated in 2005 and i just kept working at my um my high school job which was a local pizza inn in my town and i went from working at nights to working in the mornings and I just, you know, I just, you know, just went from job to job to job over the years. Um, you know, I, I had a small depression for a while because, you know, I just wanted to do something with my life. I wanted to be something. And, you know, I've always been into wrestling since I was a little kid. You know, um, I got into wrestling, uh, through thanks to my uncle. Uh-huh. Um, he was a big fan of Doom and WCW, you know, Rod Simmons. Oh, yeah. And, um I uh, was the other guy's name? I can't think of his Butch name. Butch Reed. Butch Reed. Yep. You know, he was a big fan of them. And that's uh, how you know, I got started in it. And then, um, you know, he got me into the WWF. Uh, my first pay-per-view I ever watched was Hogan and Warrior from WrestleMania Six, And it was right then and there I knew I wanted to be a wrestler. And, you know, I always told people I was going to be a wrestler one day. Nobody believed me. And I didn't even think it would be possible. So, you know, I just went on and just, you know, did different things growing up. Um, you know, I was really active in my church. I used to help out around there, but I just really never, you know, I just never really was happy and satisfied. And um, I remember one day I was on the internet and I came across the FCW beginners class. And um, for those of y'all that don't know what that is, that was actually the developmental for WWE before they transformed into NXT. Right, right. And that was in Tampa, Florida. And I remember reading online where it said, you know, it was only for $1,200. You paid $200 deposit and then you paid the rest when you got there so you know I went ahead and sent my 200 in I remember talking to Steve Kern on the phone and he told me that I got into the class he was looking forward to seeing me and you know I uh, I had quit my job about a month prior Um, I moved down to Tampa Florida and moved in with my aunt and uncle Um, they helped me out with the rest of my money to finish the school and um, you know as they say the rest is history from there You know, we trained from June 2010 to September 2010. And they taught you all the basics, you know, all the basic moves you would need from a hip toss to an arm drag, single leg, double leg, you know, figure four, sharpshooter, Boston craft, single leg craft. They taught you all the basic moves that you would need to start a basic wrestling match. Uh, My trainers were Steve Kern and Norman Smiley. Uh, oh wow. Steve Kern, Yeah, Steve Kerman was Skinner in the WWF and then, you know, Norma Smiley was the former, you know, WCW Hardcore champion. Um, and you know, I got to, you know, I trained with a couple other guys that were there. At that time, you know, that's when um uh Michael Hutter, aka E C three, that's when he was down there in developmental. Uh Justin Gabriel was in developmental at that time, David O'Tunga and you know, a lot of those guys were still in developmental for WWE and They would come in from time to time and help us out and, you know, tell us, you know, um, some things that were going on on the main roster at the time. At that time, that's when David Otunga was uh, doing the Nexus deal. Mm -hmm. And he would come in and talk to us and tell us, you know, how different the main roster was from the developmental. You know, how much more work it is and how much more stressful it is because, you know, they're on TV time and everything has to be done just right. Everything has to be done at a certain time. So he would come in there and give us some of his knowledge um so like i said for three months you trained you learned the basics on your last night you put on a class well not a class you put on a show for your friends and family they can come and see what you've learned and then you, know, you put on a match and they record it and you get a copy of it. i still actually have that copy uh, i was just about office. to ask that oh yeah yeah i got that it's in my dad's um it's in my dad's uh safe actually to be honest um you know, I want to keep it, hold on to it for my son when he gets a little older. I can show him how I got started and everything. So that's, that's cool. something I've always, I've always held on to. Um, pretty much from there, you know. Um, once you graduate from the class, you, you know, I remember I asked Steve, you know, hey, where do we go from here? And he said, you go out, you find different independent shows. You go out there, you learn, you make mistakes, you learn from those mistakes, learn from the vets that are out there. Just go out there and just. Remember everything I taught you. And, you know, he said, hopefully one day you'll end up back here or you'll end up, you know, somewhere else. So that's what I did for two and a half years. I stayed in the Florida area. I got on a couple of different Florida shows. Um, You know, I got to work with um, guys like Michael Tarver, who was in WWE on Nexus. Mm -hmm. Um, I got to be in locker rooms with guys like Jay Leto and Roderick Strong before they got. Signed to Ring of Honor. I got to be in locker rooms with guys like New Jack and Brian Knobs. And uh, I got to meet Hulk Hogan and Jimmy Hart a couple of times. Um, you know, it, it was a really fun experience being out in Florida. Um, you know, I, I, like I said, I was only out in Florida for two years because at that time, from 2010 to around 2012, you know, a lot of guys had gotten released from the companies. Like, for instance, Michael Tarver, he had gotten released from WWE. Jay Leto, he had left TNA and he was on the verge of signing with Ring of Honor. Roger Strong was on the verge of signing with Ring of Honor. Um, you know, you had uh, uh Eric Bischoff's son Garrett, he was on the verge of signing with Ring of Honor uh, TNA because he was doing that whole Ace and Eight angle. Mm-hmm. Um I was on shows with uh West, um with Gerald Briscoe's son, Wes Briscoe, you know, who was also with he was also at one time he was signed to FCW and then he went on to TNA for a while. So, at that time, you know, the state of Florida was starting to become a clutter state because w w e was there t n a was really hot at universal studio t n a and the one show that I worked at f u w you know um a lot of those guys were starting to come there, and a lot of the younger guys like myself, were getting a, like pushed to the side and you know, we were being told, hey, if you guys come out, that's cool, but you might not have a spot, you might not be able to get on the show because we're going to push some of these bigger guys because they still have the opportunity to get signed. They still got the opportunity to get looked at, and we need to keep their faces fresh and, you know, you know, keep them uh, visible. And, you know, only being at that time two years in, you know, I kind of realized that, you know, if I really, you know, you know, being at that show – was good but I felt like personally you know if I really want to get my name out there if I really want to be seen maybe it's time for a change of scenery so that's when I decided to uh, you know move back home to North Carolina I moved back home in 2012 to North Carolina and um, I started working for a couple of different shows out this way Um, I worked for RWC which is Rain Wars Carolina I still work for them I was working for a show up in uh, Kinston, North Carolina, called uh, Universal Wrestling Council, that was headed up by um, Donnie Steamboat. Um, Donnie Steamboat passed away about a year ago from leukemia. Mm. Uh, He was one. He was one of the guys that gave me my start out here in North Carolina. Worked for a couple of shows. um, One show called Gouge, another show called ICW, um, just different shows out this way that um, you know helped me get started and you know, helped me uh, break into the North Carolina scene when I got back out here in 2012.
0: Now, how long was it, um, backing up a little bit, from the time you finished your three-month training at FCW until you got booked in your first match?
2: Um, you know, the first question that we asked after we got done training, we did that last show, was where do we go from here, what do we do? And like I said, Steve was like, go out there and try to make a name for yourself. And I remember um, one of the referees that was there said that his buddy had a show that we could get on to get some experience. Mm -hmm. So myself, one of the other guys that I trained with, and two of the other guys that had experience, we all decided that we were going to go out to that show. So that Sunday, we went out to the show. The guy gave us the address. And it was about an hour away from where we lived. And it was in Zephyr Hills, Florida. And we're driving and driving and driving. And we're starting to realize that there's no more town. It's mostly just houses. So, you know, I didn't really know what was going on. But the two guys that were with us who have been wrestling, you know, four or five years longer than we have they kind of knew what we were about to walk into. So we ended up turning down this road, and the show ended up actually being in somebody's front yard. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, it was a guy that him and his buddies had a ring set up in the middle of their yard. Um, They put on a show for the local neighborhood every two weeks. Um, They would have the neighbors come out, and it would be free of charge because it was in his yard. And, you know, it was pretty much a legit backyard show. And at that time, I didn't know what that was. So for me, I was just like, oh, well, it's a wrestling ring. I get to wrestle. It's cool. But as the months went on, because I did that show for about a good, I want to say, four or five months. And I remember I would post up pictures and I would post up matches. And I remember one time uh, Michael Hutter, uh, like I said, EC3, uh, he inboxed me one time on Facebook and was like, hey, man, I just want to fair warn you. You know, I know you're still new to the business, but, you know, this is not the type of show that you want to be on. You know, mm-hmm. if you're going to be on a show, find a show that's in a building, find a show that's going to pay you. This is what we would call backyard wrestling. You can look at these guys and tell they're not pop- they're not properly trained. They just do this just to do this. And you don't want to get hurt wrestling at a show like this. And on top of that, nobody will ever take you seriously. He said no. I was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was no, about to guy. ask how
0: safe <laughs> you felt doing that, and how how much better were you really getting wrestling in somebody's front yard like that? That that was about to be my next question, so I'm glad you got to it.
2: Well, you know, like I said, only being a couple of months in the business, you know, right, I didn't know any right. better, you know. So I was really glad somebody like that, um, you know, came and and took the time to say, "Hey, man, this is not." you know um a place you should be going to you should be going to an actual building with actual fans that are going to pay to see you and get to know you and like i said we did that show about a couple of months and then me and my friend wayne who trained with me also um we decided we were just going to just break away from this place and you know the guys were kind of upset because they felt like you know how come you guys are leaving you know we kind of gave you your start we were like well you know and this is not a hobby. This is a hobby to you guys. You guys aren't trying to go no further the business. This is what we want to do for a living. So they didn't really didn't understand it, you know, but I do still keep in contact with a lot of those guys out there. Mm-hmm. But um, like I said, yeah, I actually had my first actual wrestling match yet yeah, in somebody's front yard. And then luckily for me, somebody came along and gave me the proper guidance and told me, Hey man, get away from that and start doing this type of stuff. So I've always been grateful to uh Michael Hutter for always reaching out and um you know, giving me those kind words of encouragement.
0: So what was your first actual paid wrestling match? What uh what company did you work for for
2: that? I had actually hooked up with two guys by the name of uh Delo Jordan and Wayne Wonder. Um I met them at a show after I had stopped doing the outside show, I met them at this one show called DWI definitive wrestling Institute. And that show ran on Sundays every two weeks. And we got on there because we actually made some connections from the outside show. The one guy that wrestled there sometimes he actually started the other show. So he actually ran it. He ran a show inside of a flea market. So that was my first, um, actual, I guess you could say that would have been my actual first match. My first paid match didn't come until I started wrestling for this place called FUW. That was the place where, like I said, you know, a guy like Michael Tarver and, um, you know, Jay Lethal, and all of them were coming. And my first, we, we got in contact with the guy that ran FUW because me and my friend Wayne, we went, to Brian Knob's school. Brian Knobbs has seen us at the FCW beginners class and he wanted us to come out and do a training at his show at his school one Saturday from like 10 to 4. So we went out there and we trained and we showed him everything that we learned from FCW. That's the day that I met Hulk Hogan and Jimmy Hart. Um we did a couple of things in front of them. We actually got to be in a commercial that they were shooting that day. So yeah. that was pretty cool. And there was a guy that was standing outside of the building when we left by the name of, um, of, uh, of, named Howard. And he said, Hey, we run a show every Tuesday at gasoline alley. He was like, come out and check us out. He's like, I really want to help you guys get on the show. So we're like, all right, cool. Uh, the night that I went out there, Wayne couldn't make it cause he had to work. So I ended up going out there and I ended up wrestling two guys by the name of, uh, Preston Kane and d Jordan. Then they were known as first degree. And I got teamed up with a guy by the name of, what was his name? Oh, his name was, um, was it? it was Donnie, it was Donnie something. But he did a army gimmick, because he was in the army. My uncle was also in the army. So my first gimmick was me wearing uh, army pants. So mm-hmm. they had put us together as a team. And we wrestled D'Lo Jordan and uh, Preston Kane. And we went out there. We had about a good eight to 10-minute tag match. Um, The promoter loved us. The match was really good. It's one of my favorite matches um, that I watch every every now and then. And that would have been my first paid show. I got paid uh, $10 that night, actually. So that was the first actual paid show uh, that I did.
0: And how long in between the first paid show from the end of your training, just for a time reference?
2: I graduated from there in September 2010, and I didn't really get paid until February 2011. So that was about a good four or five-month period before I got my first pay.
0: And in between, are you, like, working a regular job? Are you training, or...?
2: Yeah, I was working at the YMCA because before I moved from North Carolina to Florida to start training... I actually worked at the YMCA a few years prior. So when I moved out to Florida, I got a job back with the YMCA. Um, I got the job on the spot because I had experience working with the kids and working in the after-school program. So they hired me right on the spot. So um, I worked at the YMCA. And as far as training went, I really wasn't training. There was one show that I went to start training at every Friday because the show ran every Friday. And we would get there early and we would train with them. But that show ended up shutting down uh, a couple of months after um, we started going out there because the building actually shut down. So we didn't really have anywhere to train um, after that. Um, So basically, I had to learn as the years went on. You know, I had to just watch all the vets. I had to talk to all the vets. I had to learn from all the vets. I had to learn from my mistakes. I recorded all of my matches. I would go back and watch all of my matches. Some of them were good. Some of them were bad. You know, you always point out the bad from the good. You know, I'd always point out the stuff I could have did better. And, you know, that that was my training pretty much. You know, going back home, critiquing myself, watching what I did wrong. Going to a show, helping set up the ring, getting in the ring before the show, bumping around, training with other guys, learning different things. You know, that was the only way I trained uh, for a while um, when I was in Florida. Um, when I moved back out to North Carolina, uh, I was lucky enough to, you know, get to know some people and I ended up getting, you know, going to their training facilities and working out with them and stuff like that. So, you know, that was pretty much how I pretty much started. And, you know, like I said, in the beginning, it was just wherever there was a ring, I'd go there, settle up, get in the ring bump around, do whatever. So it really wasn't until I moved back to North Carolina where I actually got to settle in and to go to somebody's ring on a regular and bump around you know during the week instead of just on the weekends
0: what i like about your story so far is it reminds me of you know like i've been watching wrestling since i was a kid i imagine you have i mean you said you did too so if you listen to quote unquote older guys talk they talk about how they would hang out with the veterans and talk, and you said you were setting a ring up and going from show to show. It's the same story. And I didn't, to be honest with you, from everything I hear now, it doesn't seem like it goes that way. So it's kind of cool to talk to somebody that did did it the old school way, quote, unquote. So, I mean, I'm sure it probably wasn't fun doing it, making $10 as <laughs> your first <a> show, but... <laughs> No,
2: I mean, it's, you know, a lot of guys don't, and I mean, it's very rare now, but I remember, you know, I remember going to, you know, when I wasn't doing, you know, I I would do FUW on Tuesdays, there was another guy who ran shows once a month uh, out in Florida, and he would run outside of a bar, and I remember I would do his show. And it was outside, and I remember he would pay us in pizza. You know that was his pay. He would tell you, hey, "I can't afford to pay everybody." You know, I run outside this bar. You know, this is just to show where guys can come to get experience. He's like, "But I can't afford to pay guys. That's why I buy pizza." You know, I don't really hear those type of stories anymore. And it sounds crazy because this was just eight years ago. Yeah, you know, this yeah. was just eight years ago when you know this was happening. And you know, I don't really hear a lot of guys saying stuff like, "You know, he yeah, have been paid a pizza." But I tell guys, because I help train a couple of guys now, and I, I I tell them, you know, it's a little bit different than it was when I first started. And like I said, this was only eight years ago, but mm. I told them, you know, I've been paid in pizza before. I've showed up to a show and only rested in front of five people. I've shown up to a show, and, you know, you're thinking that you're going to pack the house out, and you're all excited, and, you know, hardly anybody shows up, and, you know, you're resting in front of nobody. Like, you know, you don't really you don't really hear those type of stories anymore like you did. When I first got into business a couple of years ago, and like I said, it was just—it wasn't that long ago. But you know, a lot of a lot of people are more, you know, a lot of, a lot more promoters invest in their shows. They put more time and effort into their shows, you know. So they know this a little bit different than they were a few years back when I first got into the business. And I'm only thirty-two, so I'm,
0: yeah, which I'm sure is good. You know what I mean? You can't pay rent with pepperoni, so.
2: You know, you're you're right. You know, and that's what that's what people don't understand. You know, like I said, you know, you look at I look back now, and I realize how, you know, if if I'd if I'd have known what I know now, you know, I think things could have been different. You know, I definitely would have probably stayed away from a show like that. I probably would have tried to get on shows with some bigger names, and I would have tried to, you know, travel around a little bit more, and you know. you know, trying to see what else was out there. But, you know, at that time, you know, those were, like, you know, those were the shows that people were going to, you know. Right. So, you know, you just, you know, I was always told that, you know, wherever there's a ring, you should be there. You know, just, you know, go there and do what you got to do, help set up, you know, do what you got to do and just get better. You know, that's, that's the only way you get better is by being in somebody's ring. So,
0: Well, I mean, that's, it's it's pretty much like, any job that you're training for. It's, you pretty much did work-based training. You don't get paid a lot, if anything, but yet you are gaining experience. So on one hand, yeah, it sucks that you're not making money or wrestling in front of thousands of people, but on the other hand, you know, you're doing something. You're out there, you're trying, you're hustling, you're getting your name out there. It's 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 kind of like anything, only it's way different, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so... Uh, so once you went to North Carolina, who'd you wrestle for then?
2: Once I got here to North Carolina, um, I started wrestling for the AIWF at the AIWF up in Mount Airy, AIWF Mid Atlantic Wrestling. Uh, like I said earlier, I started wrestling at Ring Wars Carolina. I was doing ICW. They were called yeah. uh, they were called Impact Championship Wrestling. I was doing Gouge. I did Shockwave. Up in Havelock for a little bit i did um i did uh u w c for dyna steamboat um up until you know he passed on um i did um some other ones i did i this up this way i never did c w f yet um i kind of just bounced around from those few shows that I've named. Um, mostly RWC cause I ended up going there once a month, working on their shows. AIWF became a regular show. I still do that show on a, I still do that show. And I actually, I actually help book for both RWC and AIWF now. So, you know, that's how long I've been with those companies. I'm actually helping them book and do some creative stuff and helping them find newer talent to bring into the companies. Um, ICW kind of shut down um because uh the guy that was running it Jason um he couldn't afford it anymore. He handed it over to his friend who he couldn't afford to keep it open and then he started his own promotion. But um there was some personal issues that happened with him where he wasn't able to continue to run that promotion anymore. Um so pretty much um after that I started traveling. You know, I started traveling to You know, Florida, I started traveling to Georgia,
1: Tennessee,
2: Mm. um, Virginia, West Virginia, uh, South Carolina. You know, um, I hooked up with Victor Andrews. You probably know Victor Andrews. Um, Me and him became a tag team, first generation, and we started hitting the road together. We hit some towns together. Uh, We did Ring of Honor tryouts. Uh, We both have had, excuse me, we both have had tryouts with WWE. Uh, We're going to be actually going to do a New Japan tryout next month. Oh wow! Um, You know, it's it's moving back to North Carolina was the best thing that could happen. You know, a lot of guys were telling me not don't move back. You move back to North Carolina, you're never going to wrestle again. You're going to end your career. Your career's going to be ruined. Moving back to North Carolina was the best thing that happened to me because FUW shut down another one. The show that I wrestled at they shut down another show that I wrestled at they shut down. A lot of the guys that I wrestle with out there don't wrestle no more. Um, you know, so moving back to North Carolina was a, a, a great decision. It was a bold decision, but it was a great decision because I didn't know anybody out here. You know, I only knew the guys from ICW because I traveled back and forth from Florida to North Carolina to do their shows. You know, so I really didn't know anybody on none of the shows I was wrestling at. You know, I didn't know what was going to happen, you know, but... You know, I had the look, I had a nice build, you know, I was respectable in the locker room. So, you know, guys took notice of that. And, you know, one show led to this show, this show led to that show, this show led to, hey, I want you to be a regular on my show. Hey, I got some ideas and plans for you. I want to put a title on you. Hey, I want to help you do this. I want to help you do that. You know, working for RWC, Rainworth, Carolina, that got me in contact with Steve Carino which helped mm. me get on to the promotion. He started a Premier Wrestling Federation out in Huber, North Carolina, that I still wrestle at. I'll be out there tomorrow night. Oh, wow. um, you know, Like I said, moving back to North Carolina was a really it – was, it was a great decision, and I, I don't regret it at all.
0: Now, you said putting a title on you, so let's talk titles. I saw a picture of you standing there with this weirdo in a pineapple suit. <laughs> <laughs> and you Bro had a uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's my that's my boy. That's a good dude there, man. Um you had a is it AIWF?
2: I yes, get... that's okay. the right. that's the AIWF Mid-Atlantic Wrestling Heavyweight Championship. Um I actually won that back a couple of months ago. They have their own version of uh Money in the Bank. Um, oh, they call it Money in the Piggy Bank. <laughs> and it's a, yeah, it's, it's, I took a lot of flack um, winning the pig this year. Um, it was actually a match that I saw for the first time back in 2000. And I want to say 13, it was my first um, deal with the steel. That's one of their main show that they they do every year. And what they do is they have a, a ladder match inside of a steel cage because the whole show is, is is steel cage matches. It's called Deal to Steel, so every match is inside a steel cage. Oh wow! And that was the first time I saw the match, and again I was green. I was only two, three years in the business, and I was like, "Oh man, I would never do that <laughs> for the little amount of money that we that we make." Fast forward to last year, two thousand eighteen. You know, I was like, yo, when y'all going to let me be in the Money in the Piggy Bank Ladder match? Like, I need to do that. That's the only match I haven't done here yet. And um, they put me in the match, and I won. And um, like I said, it took a lot of flack because I put it on Facebook that I had won the pig, and I could cash it in for any championship of the AIWF that I want. And uh, I was able to cash it in um, back in March or May. I want to say February. I cashed it back in in February. Wait, wait, wait! Champion. So, are you the are you the world champion now? I am. Well, you're I'm not the AIW. I'm not the AIWF World Cruiser ch- Heavyweight Champion. I'm the AIWF Mid Atlantic Wrestling Heavyweight Champion. I'm just the champion of the promotion in Mount Airy. No, I don't have the World Heavyweight Championship. That one held you're, by
0: you're the champion Mary of Dragon. of the of the promotion that you're at right now. Basically,
2: yes,
1: yes.
0: Okay, so. You're supposed to lead with that, like when I introduce you, I'm supposed to introduce you as the champion of AI, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like I didn't realize I was on the on the line with a champ right now.
2: No, nah, bro, you are fine. It's
0: all good, talking, <laughs> man. Um, that's fantastic. Yeah. So how many how many titles have you won? Do you keep count, or do you just not even? Is it not a big deal to you? Because to me, I'd be like, okay, I won this title. I've got this one. I would have pictures up everywhere.
2: In the beginning, you know, when I first got into the business, uh, my first title was a. Well, if we're gonna be realist, if I don't want to, you know, I, I don't. Wanna, you know, I, I don't when, we, when we put this up, I, you never know who might listen. So mm-hmm. I'll be, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. My first title was actually from the Backyard Show. It was there. The name of the promotion was called FEW. It was uh, Florida Entertainment Wrestling, and they had a United States title. It was a WCW replica of the United States Championship. So that was actually my first title. And when we left that promotion and we went to FUW, um, me and Wayne Wonder, the guy that I trained with, we became a tag team and we became the FUW tag team champion. So technically, that was my actual uh, first belt, was winning that belt. And from there... I went on to become a, um, you know, like you said, I got the AIWF um, Mid-Atlantic Wrestling Heavyweight Championship. I've held the AIWF World Cruiserweight Championship three times. I've held the AIWF Mid-Atlantic Wrestling Cruiserweight Championship three times. I'm actually one of the longest reign, I'm actually the longest reigning Cruiserweight Champion in the company's history at over 460 plus days. Um, I've won the RWC tag team no limits and heavyweight championship. Um, I've won the. Oh, let's see, there's just so many. I don't want to leave anybody out. I currently held the uh, pure pro wrestling cruiserweight championship. I had that for over 400 plus days. Recently lost that in a ladder match to a guy by the name of Bobby Yella, who owes me a rematch. Um
0: <laughs> I like how you, you know it's it's, it's it's
2: so oh yeah, oh yeah. He's, he he needs to know he'll never rematch he when I decide to come back. Um it, it's so many man. I like you said, yeah, I I I write it. I I actually write down all of my matches, what if I won or lost, uh who I wrestled, you know, what the show was, the type of match it was, and what match of the year and what match of that year it was. So for instance, the match that I just had this past weekend, that was my thirty that was my thirty fifth match of this year. So I keep everything in a book and I keep everything on my laptop. Um I got that idea from Aaron Epic. He's a um independent wrestler. And he was telling me that he keeps up with all of his bookings, not his booking, he keeps up with all of his win loss records in a book so that when he gets older and he decides to quit, he has something to look back on and reflect and He'll have memories, he could have flashbacks to the good times. And I took that advice from him and I started my own book back in two thousand eleven, two thousand and I've, every year I update it. Um my girlfriend, if I forget to do it, she'll even do it for me, you know, she'll uh, you know, get on Facebook or whatever and see where I wrestled at, or oh, she'll look at one of my matches and she'll do it for me. Um, if I forget to do it. Um so I keep up with all of my title wins. I keep up with all of my win-loss records. I keep up with who I wrestle, where I wrestle them at. Um, you know, I, I feel like that's something that a lot of younger wrestlers should do. You know, if any younger wrestlers are going to listen to this, you know, if you you know, definitely keep up with your win-loss records. Yeah, win-loss records don't matter to some people, but you should still keep up with them. So that way you keeping track of how many matches you were ha- how many matches you had in one year, you know, who you wrestled and you know, different, you know, you, different things you can do with it. You know, like I said, if you write down the promotion that you wrestled at, how long the match was, if you got somebody keep time how long the match was. You know, cuz there's so many different things you can do with it cuz I always try to every year I always try to out top the book, you know, um back in 2015 I wrestled 106 matches mm. and I was determined to break that record and last year 2018 I did 112 matches so um, so are
0: you doing two a days
2: um, sometimes I do Friday Saturday sometimes I do just Saturdays. sometimes I do Friday Saturday Sunday You know, sometimes, you you know, sometimes it's just Saturday, Sunday. I really haven't had a chance to um, do a lot of shows the past few months because, you know, the closer I got with the baby, you know, I didn't really want to go too far away from my girlfriend. Because, you know, I didn't know if I don't want to be too far away. that she going to leave when I wasn't here? And, you know, she really can do a lot of that traveling. So I kind of cut back on a couple of shows. You know, I canceled a couple of shows, um, you know, so. You know when you cancel a show, that kind of hurts. Um, but you know, like I said, you know, I, I you know every year I always try to, um, I always try to out out top it. You know, I don't think this year I'll beat the record, so it'll probably be something I have to look into going forward into 2020 because um, my son will be here by then. Um. So yeah, you know, it, you know, to me, you know, belts and Win loss records aren't important. I would say when I first got in, they were until somebody explained to me, you know, the meaning behind holding a championship. So, you know, having a belt isn't like one of those must have, have to have like it was a couple of years ago. But, you know, they're they're, they're great accomplishments because I look at them as rewards from the promoter. Right. You know, he's putting it on you because, hey, I'm bringing you in money or you're a good heel, you're a good face or, you know, hey, you know, I want you to take my belt out there and defend it and, you know, make it mean something. So that's how I look at championship on the um the independent circuit. I like
0: it. So you so so far this year you're basically two two matches a week. You said you've done thirty-two is that what you said?
2: I've done thirty two to thirty-five matches so far just this year alone.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a lot of it's yeah. <laughs> a lot of matches already. Uh are yeah, you Yeah ex- it,
2: are- it gets it gets tiring, but I mean I wouldn't trade it for nothing in the world, man.
0: Now, are you exclusive to any promotion or you just, you, you work wherever you can work that weekend?
2: I, um, you know, I work wherever I can, but you know, like I said, RWC, uh, I help do booking and creative for them. So I'm there every month. They run once a month, the first Saturday of each month. So I try to be there. AIWF, Mid-Atlantic, they run every third Saturday of the month. So I always try to know keep my schedule open open and then with me being the champion right now i definitely try to keep it open for them mm-hmm. um there's a couple of other shows that i try to do on a regular that when they have a show i try to go out there um you know i got a couple of promotions in tennessee that you know i try to get on on a regular basis there's shows out here in north carolina that i try to get on on a regular The shows up north that i try to get on when i can Um, you know, I like to, I like to travel around a lot. I don't really like to stay in one place. You know, I want to try to get my name out there as much as possible. Um, I actually today actually I just went and did my physical so I can get my Kentucky license because I got a couple of shows in Kentucky that want to get me out there. Um, yeah, I got some shows in Kansas City that want to get me out in Kansas City. I got a guy in. Washington state that wants me to come do his show. He runs on Sundays. Oh, wow. So we're That's trying, yeah. So we're Trying to figure out a way to get me out there. Um, you know, you, you pretty much just try to go when you, when you can, but a lot of guys will eventually pick up a show that they'll call their home promotion and mm-hmm. they'll be at that show on a regular. And, you know, they'll try to be at that show as much as possible. Um, you know, for me, I tell people, you know, hey, this is my regular, these are my regulars, you know, I got to be here, but, you know, I'm looking for a couple of pickup shows because I don't have nothing for this day. So, you know, somewhere I could go, you know, like, or, you know, let's say I I have a show in Tennessee on a Saturday, you know, I might hit up somebody and say, hey, do you know any place that's running Friday in this part of Tennessee or that part of Tennessee because I got to be out here Saturday. I kind of want to come early so that way I'm not rushing to get out here the day of. And you know a lot of guys will help you find some connections. They'll either try to help you find something in the state, or they'll try to help you find something maybe the next state over or the next town over where it's not too far if you were for, far you for, to travel. So you know, um, it, it, it's you know it can be frustrating. It can be tiring. Um, the, I think the most frustrating part is you know trying to find a show because you know it, it's easy to get on a show. But it's hard to find a show that you actually like and want to stay at it and enjoy. You know, that's like that, to me that's kind of the hard part. You're trying to find that one place or one show for you to, you know, you know, get comfortable and get settled in at.
0: Now when you're working multiple shows, multiple promotions, uh, at one time, is it complicated to to figure out what character you're going to be when you're, you're not in the normal storyline of that promotion. You know what I mean? You're just there for that show. So how hard is that? How hard is it to basically get in where you fit in on the show?
2: Well, if I hit up a promoter or the promoter hits me up, I'll ask him, you know, hey, man, what do you want me to do? And he'll say, what do you want to be? And I'll tell him, yeah, you know, you're bringing me in. Whatever you need me to do, I'll do it. So he can turn around. He might turn around and say, all right, I want to make you a, a heel. And I want you to face my top baby face. And that baby face might be their champion. He says, I'm going to put you in a main even against my champion because I want you to make him look good. No problem. Uh, you might get a promoter that says, I want you to be the face. I want you to come in and wrestle my top heel. He's the champion. Or this is my top heel. I want you to wrestle him um, because I know you guys are going to have a good match. Um, prime example, I was in Tennessee about two weeks ago and, um, the one guy, the show that I wrestled at, the guy had been trying to get me out there for like two years. Cause I came out there and did a show for him one time, but it was, um, it wasn't his regular show. And what happened was he didn't really have a good crowd. He maybe had a crowd of like 20, 30 people and he loved my heel work. And he was like, we got to get you back out here. And I thought that the show had actually shut down because I never heard back from the guy. But what happened was I forgot what the guy's name was and what the promotion was. And we got back in contact somehow uh, recently. And he was like, when are you going to, you know, he hit me up. He was like, hey, man, when are you going to come back to my show? And I said, like, oh, I thought you had shut down. He said, oh, no, no, no. He like, we run every Friday. So I was like, well, let's do this date. So I went out there a couple of weeks ago. And I wasn't expecting you know to to go over or or to, or to win, and I remember he pulled me outside and he was like, "Hey, I want you to wrestle this guy. I'm gonna put you over because we're working a story and I remember I turned to him, I was like, "Are you sure that's what you want me to do?" He was like, "Yeah, he's like we're working a story with this guy, and the story is um he's trying to get a championship match, but the thing is he's got to get through the guys that so-and-so to bring it in. So it was kind of like I was coming in as part of the other guy's team. So it was like the guy was paying me for the night to come in and take this guy out. And we advertised it as champion versus champion because I'm the AIWF Mid-Atlantic Heavyweight Champion. He was the SWF United States Champion. And what they did was they had the guy that's their heavyweight champion. He was the guest referee. He cheated to help me win, and that's how it. we did the. Show. I love and that's it, how, and, and that's how we did the story. And like I said, I was just in shock because I was like, "Are you sure you want me to pin your champion?" Like, this is a guy that's gonna be here next week and the week after next. I'm just coming tonight because, you know, I had an open spot. And he was like, "No, this is this is the story we're gonna build." And you know, I went out there, and you know, I made him look good. We had a good match, and the the guys were happy. The promoter was happy. So. You know, he's like, I want you out here as much as possible. I was like, well, now that I know, now that we're back in contact, now that I know you're out on Friday, I was like, let me have the baby. Let me get the baby settled in. Let me, um, you know, figure out what his scheduling is going to be and everything like that. And I said, yo, we can try to do this. You know, I can try to come out here every other Friday. I can kind of come out here maybe twice a month, once a month, whatever you want to do. So, you know, those are the kind of, like, like I was saying, those are the kind of relationships That you want to build with people. You want to show people that you're willing to come to their promotion and do whatever, you know, you don't want to, you know, if I would have went in there and he would have been like, hey man, you know, I want you to go in here and I want you to, you know, I want, I want to put my guy over and I would have had a a crappy attitude, you know, he probably wouldn't want me back, you know, but I showed him, okay, I'll do whatever. You know, and then the fact that I was like, "Are you sure you want me to pin your champion? This is the guy's going to be." Here. I was like, oh, "Yeah," because yeah, that's part of the story, you know. And I even came up with an idea. So, like, well, hey, here's an idea I got for the ending. He loved the idea. We went with the ending that I came up with. So, you know, like I said, those are the things that you got to do. You got to be willing to show that you're willing to work with anybody, and everybody. You're willing to have ideas. You know, you don't want to go to somebody's show for the first time and, you know, you don't like, you know, what they're asking you to do. You know, you're there to do a job. You're there to make their talent look good. Because my thing is, I'm at the point of my career now where if I know I'm gonna come in for that one show, I'll tell a promoter, put me in the ring with somebody. You want me to elevate? You know, let me wrestle them. Let me put them over because they're gonna be here every show. I'm not. You know, let's make a story out of it. Oh crap, he beat me. When I come back, I'm gonna beat you, and you know we can keep the ball moving. So. No, that's the, those are the kind of those are the kind of guys you want to be, you know, when you go to a show. You want to be the guy that shows, hey, I'm willing to do whatever because you're bringing me in and you're paying me to come in, and I'm here to do whatever you need me to do for your show.
0: What I what I like about it is, um, like we talked about earlier, it reminds me of the old timers that talked about how they broke in and stuff like that. So you're basically going from territory to territory if we're going back in the day. And you may be a heel in North Carolina, but in Oklahoma, you're a babyface. You may be this kind of guy in Atlanta, but in Kansas City, you're this kind of guy. And I I really like that aspect of, you know, you going and playing different hats and different roles and things like that. That's that's interesting to me. Um, I don't know why. That's, that's just something that I've always heard of all the older guys doing when I was coming up. So I, I like that aspect of it. I'm, I'm glad you shared that. Um, no,
2: and you're, and you're, uh, I'm going to cut you off, but no, you're exactly right. You know, it, it's, it's, I could be a heel in North Carolina, but when I go to Tennessee, I'm a face, or I could be a face in North Carolina or go to Tennessee and be a heel. It just depends on where we're at, the show that we're at, who you're and who you're wrestling. You know, I remember when, I did uh I did Monday night I did Monday Night Raw last year around this time. And I played I played an EMT. And I remember a lot of people saw me on that and they inboxed me and they text me and they they hit up my fan page. They're like, Oh, we saw you on TV, we saw you on TV. And I remember going to shows after that and being a heel, but they didn't want to boot me because they're like, Oh no, we saw you on TV. We like you now. And I'm like, but I I just played an MT. Oh, we like you now, you know. We, we don't like that guy, no. We like you better because you are on TV. He wasn't on TV. So, you know, you just, you know, the fans are fickle, you know. But You, know, <laughs> yes. you, you might, you know, they're yes. just fickle. You know, like I said, you might be, I might be at the show as the heel facing their top baby, but they just, the guy that they're booing, they, they, they just saw me on TV. So they're like, well, I don't want to boo you because we saw you on TV. Right,
1: right. You they
2: know, so it though. just, it just really depends on where you're at the type of mood the fans in, who you're facing, it, it just really all depends, man. You just never know nowadays. You, know, was, you never know.
0: Was that your first time on national television?
2: Uh, we actually, I actually did uh, Ring of Honor in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, my partner, Victor Andrews, and I had did a couple of tryouts for Ring of Honor. And the last tryout that we did um was a lot better than the first one that we did. And I remember we got that booking for that Ring of Honor show because the week prior to that, they had came down to PWF and did a workshop. And we all got in the ring. We worked a little bit and, you know, they told us what they were looking for. And I remember me and Victor went out there and we pretty much, you know, showed them You know how much farther along we've come from the last time they saw us. And that Saturday we went out and helped. They were in, I think they were in either, they were either in Concord or Georgia. They were either in Concord, North Carolina or Atlanta, Georgia. Mm -hmm. And we went out there. And uh, actually, you know what? It was Concord, North Carolina because I just came back from vacation. So we were in Concord, North Carolina. We went out there, we helped set the ring up. And um, I remember I went outside and I was on the phone talking to somebody and Victor cuts hair. You know, he cuts he cuts guys hair on the side to make a little bit of money. And he bought all of his on this particular day, he bought his haircut products. And I remember I think he was cutting um, Tim Hughes hair. And I think another guy was like, hey, you know, would you be able to shape me? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got you. And then I think another guy asked. And then, like, some of the top stars were like, yo, can you give me a quick cut or just shake me up for TV tonight? And he cut a bunch of guys' hair that night. And I think it got back to, like, Cheeseburger or somebody that, you know, one of the extras are out there cutting guys' hair for free. He's not charging them or anything. He's, he's cutting their hair for free. And, they're, you know, he's getting them ready for TV tonight. And I remember Cheeseburger went out there. And he was like, hey, man, you know, I heard you out here cutting guys' hair for free, you know. Is there anything that you, you know, we don't want you doing that just for free? Is there anything that you want in return? And Victor turned around and was like, well, just give me a match tonight if y'all can. Okay. So Cheeseburger went to the back. He talked to some people. He came back. He was like, we're going to put you and James in a tag team match tonight. So like I said, I was outside. And I remember Cheeseburger came outside. And he was like, hey, man, come inside real quick. And I was like, all right. And I came inside. He's like, you got a match tonight. And I was like, you for real? He was like, yeah. He said, we're going to put you and Victor on TV against uh, Shane Taylor and Keith Lee. And, um, you know, we went out there and they told us what they were looking for. And, again, our role were to make Shane and Keith Lee look good. You know, so we went in there and made them look good. We got good reviews for it. Everybody loved it. Um, I think bef- there was a couple of people from North Carolina that came to the show that saw us at the show and we were all over the internet that night that we met our ring of honor debuts or that ring of honor had signed up, but we didn't get signed. We just had a little small little match on TV. And, um, you know, the rest, it went from there. You know, I think Victor went back and had a couple of matches. I think he did a weekend loop with them in Florida. He did some dark matches with them. Um, I went back and I did a tryout with them a year later I went out and I helped set up some rings with them again. But um there were some things that went on behind the scenes, nothing to do with us, but there were some things that went on behind the scenes where a lot of people might think that it might have cost us or th- the reason though I didn't think that we didn't get a spot on TV or get a spot on Ring of Honor. Uh there was just some behind the scenes politicking going on. Um, you know, at that time Steve Carino had left Ring of Honor. You Know some people had said that they think that might have been one of the reasons was because Steve had let was leaving for WWE and Ring of Honor was kind of upset, so they think that might have been what kind of hurt our chances of you know potentially getting on the show. And um, but yeah, that was the first time I was on TV with Ring of Honor, and uh, you know, um, uh, we recorded I remember I recorded the match at my house on my DVR, and I still have that, you know, I still got where I was on Raw at the EMT. I still got that on my DVR. Um, I remember I took the picture. WWE actually had took a picture and put it on their Twitter of me standing next to Adam Pearce and Seth Rollins that night that I played the EMT when he got hurt. And um, I remember they put that picture on their Twitter page and I took it off their Twitter page and I got it blown up to an 8x10 and i actually have it hanging up in my apartment and i also have it for sale at my um at my shows too so you know i got to say i've had a pretty good couple a pretty good couple of couple of years uh, now, in the business
0: now what episode of raw was this or what date was it do you remember if anybody wants to go check you out in action on monday night uh, raw
2: i want to say this was May. Let me see here. It, it was I know it was around the end of May um of last year. I wanna say it was the May twenty-eighth episode of Raw, possibly. Um I had played an EMT. Um uh, they did a spot where Elias had came out and hit Seth Rollins with the guitar and uh, he took a, a really bad bump on the ground and We came in trying to take him to the hospital, and he just just didn't want any help. But they had a couple of good shots um, of me. And then I guess somehow the photographer took a picture of me standing there trying to help Seth Rollins and everything. Um, That was like the most – it was a lot of fun being backstage. As my career ended today, just knowing I got to be backstage at a Monday Night Raw, you know, in that spot, I, I I wouldn't be, I wouldn't complain. I'd be happy.
0: That's fantastic. Um, before we bid adieu, I, I will let you plug whatever you want to, but I'll ask you: Who were your favorite wrestlers growing up?
2: Uh well, I think everybody's favorite was Hulk Hogan, of course. No, nah, um, right. that was my, that. Uh, your, <laughs> you know, hey, to each his own, man. I was, guy. Guy. Yeah. I was a Sting guy.
0: I was a Sting guy.
2: You know something, man? I never really got into WCW like that. Like, by the time I got into WCW, they were shutting down. So I'm kind of playing catch up on the network. You know, I'm always trying to watch some of their shows, like Nitros and different pay per views and stuff like that. But for me, I was a big Hogan fan, uh, big Warrior fan, Randy Savage. Um, This is going to sound crazy. I'll probably get beat up for this. I was a big Dusty Rose fan of WWF because that's the only Dusty Rose that I knew of at that time.
0: Right, right, man. I, know,
2: mean, I yeah. didn't, I didn't know of the Dusty Rose in the NWA until years later. You know, so that was the only Dusty Rose incarnation that I knew of at the time was the polka dot Dusty Rose.
0: You know, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you a story real quick. So my wife watches. Uh, you know, she was in the How I Met Your Mother real bad, and she was watching a finale, and she's sitting there crying, and I'm just like, you know, not affected by it whatsoever. And she's like, "You're such a heartless person." I'm like, "Look, the last time I cried over a TV show, the Million Dollar Man paid Sapphire to turn on Dusty Rhodes. That was the last time I could remember crying. So, <laughs> I I love Dusty Rhodes and the polka dots in
2: WWF, so."
0: If anybody's mad at you for that, then they they gonna have to see both of us
2: on that one because I uh, love them man. too. Um, I was a big demolition fan. I wasn't a big Legion of Doom fan. I was a big demolition fan, uh, Bret Hart fan. Um, you know, as the years went on, I became a, uh, you know, I was a big one, two, three kid fan for some reason. Don't ask me why. I don't know. Um. Big Stone Cold fan. My mom was a huge... She she was in love with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, my dad loved Mankind. He just, It was just something about Mankind he liked. Um, you know, I I, I could say pretty much there's a lot of guys that I grew up and I watched and I liked. Uh, big Patriot fan. Uh, I, 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 out there. I, was big, I was a big Sting fan. I can't lie. Sting was cool. When he did the Crow gimmick, I, again, I didn't watch WCW like that, so all I knew was the Crow Sting. Right. You know, until, you know, you got to go back and see different stuff. Uh big Ric Flair fan. And you know, I love Ric Flair. Um and I can go on and on because there was a lot of guys that I grew up watching that I can say helped my career. Rick Rude was another one. Jake oh, the You know, love I am a big Rick fan Rude. of the D D T, you know. Uh Jimmy Snooker. I was a big fan of Jimmy Snooker's and you know, I mean, like I said, I can go on and on, man. there was a lot of guys that I grew up liking that I go back and look at now and I'm like, man, you know, so I wish I could have gotten a ring with these guys. I wish these guys were still here so I could talk to these guys and pick their brains. some. so, you know, yeah, I can go on and on for hours, man. If you let me.
0: So you said the DDT, which was one of your favorite moves. So what, uh, what are your signature moves you have in your repertoire that if we come out and watch you wrestle, we could pretty much count on you hitting one of these
2: moves. Um, you know, I was always a big fan. Well, I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, doing cutters. So one of the moves I like to hit on my opponents is I get them in the corner. Uh, I hit them with an elbow. I'll hit the. I hit, I'll run back. I hit them with a roaring elbow. I push them out. I'll jump on the second turnbuckle and hit them with a, with a cutter Um my finisher is a super kick, but I do it um Alberto del Rio style. So I'll kick the guy in the knee, I'll hit the ropes, hit him in the face to get that momentum. Um I don't do a lot of high flying stuff. You know, I don't do a lot of suit. I mean I'll I'll do those things if I have to. Um I'm a big super kick fan. I I thought I'd super kick at you. Um I might catch you with a knee to the face you know uh if i'm a heel you know <laughs> i want people i I want people you know i, I, I want you know, my mom and them. you know if i'm a heel you know i'm gonna be a heel you know i might say and do some things that i normally don't say and do you know but um i don't know i might have to calm down now with my little boy coming so uh, i was talking to my girlfriend about that i was like i think i need to uh Probably watch what I say when I'm in the ring now before Isaiah gets here.
0: Oh, you got, a, you got a couple years. Don't worry about it. Once, <laughs> once he starts repeating it to you, that's when you know. Trust me. I, I know. know how that goes.
2: <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, man, you know, I mean, trust me. When you, if you come and watch me wrestling, you're not going to be disappointed. I'm, I'm going you know? to give you a money's worth. You know, that's my goal to give you your money's worth, you know. So, I, I guarantee if you ever come and watch me, I'm, I'm going to make sure you walk out of there happy.
0: You know, now if I come to North Carolina and see you wrestling, am I going to see Jay Z Flair as your manager? Is that something that's happening every time now, or was that a you war- know
2: something? Jay Z, I remember when I first heard his name, it was on the Tony Shavani Tony Shavani and the something that happened wrestling podcast. Yep, and I just thought he was like a close friend of Conrad's. And I remember he started following me on Twitter, and I followed him back. And I remember he would always be at different, like, I, I, remember he, I remember I had posted on Twitter a while back that, you know, hey, follow me on Snapchat. He followed me. And I remember one day he had a video of him driving around Tony Schiavone. So I hit him up on Twitter. I mean, on Snapchat, and I was like, hey, are you a promoter? And he was like, oh, no, I'm just a fan. He's like, but I just happen to know a lot of people. And he was like, you know, he said, we know each other. And I'm like, really? I'm like, how? He was like, I've seen you at some gal shows, but I don't remember meeting him. And then um, he, he got a picture of my tag partner, Victor Andrews. And I was asking Victor one day, I was like, bro, how do you know this guy? I said, like, how do we know him? And He goes, he knows me. He said, you probably seen my at Gouge.
1: <laughs> and I was like,
2: bro, I've never remember seeing this guy at Gouge. He said, you probably have. He said, but you probably didn't really pay no attention. So there was a show in, in North Carolina last Sunday, uh, American Lucha Wrestling, and they were in Raleigh. And Jay Z hit me up. I want to say a week before the show, and was like, "Hey, I think I'm gonna be your manager." And I was like, "No, you're lying." He said, no, I, the guy, you're gonna be at American <laughs> Lucha Wrestling, right? I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Yeah, I think I'm gonna be your manager." And he was like, Man, I really hope you're going to be a face. Because I got all these Bojangles coupons and stuff that I want to give out. <laughs> and um, I was like, Yeah, man, we can do that. And he, you know, we got to the show. He came in the locker room. Uh, we talked for a little bit. Um, you know, he was telling me if there's anything i buy, if I ever, I didn't realize how popular he was until probably a couple of days ago. Like, no lie. It's crazy. Because when I put up the post about wanting to do podcasts, it, it was no lie. He had me in contact with you. He got me in contact with some other guy named RJ. And mm-hmm. he got me Back in contact with, a, with with another podcast uh, company. So, like, I didn't realize how big he was and how important he was. And um, I he, he actually inboxed me. And I, uh, he was telling me he hoped that uh, he was able to help me out with some of the podcasts. I said, bro, you did. I said, I got, like, three podcast interviews this week. I said, I did one the other night. I'm doing one Thursday. And I said, I got one coming up next week. With your buddy RJ, and um, I, I, I don't know if he lives out this way or not, but I'm guessing he does. Um, so I told him, I said, "We're definitely gonna stay in contact, man. I see. We definitely just stay in contact and um, get up with each other on a regular." Because, like I said, I didn't realize how big of a deal he was until, like, I started looking at some of his posts. Like, he posted when he posted that video of us doing the promo. Like, he got a, you know, a bunch of likes and retweets, you know, like right away. And then when I posted the when i posted a picture of us you know you know that was like the most likes i ever got on a picture on twitter before so i said i don't know what jay-z does to have so many fans but um he helped me it's out it's week, crazy so i can't complain i can't I,
0: complain. <laughs> I joined what they call wrestling twitter i guess you know I, I started doing podcasts like last year and i wasn't following him on twitter but i remember always seeing him i I actually interviewed him on a podcast, like his first one, and that was how me and him kind of hooked up. And I always saw him. And so I followed him and then he said, you know, I want to do somebody's podcast. So I hit him up. I was like, hey, if you want to, like, I'll do it. And we talked for about 10, 15 minutes before we did the interview and kind of hit it off. So I met him at StarCast and then I saw him in new york for wrestlemania this year and as over the top and as crazy as he may seem man you you ain't gonna meet a better person than he is like one of the nicest people you will meet which is probably why he's so damn popular so but yeah yeah.
2: i mean he's (laughs) he was walking around the locker room with his, his pineapple suit on he was bojangles bell passing out the bojangles coupons and you know, the guys were asking, him, "Where would you get that belt from?" And he was like, "Bojangles gave it to me. They made it for me." He was like, "You know, they're like a sponsor They're one of my sponsors." And uh, he was just telling everybody how you know he just, you know, he goes around, he hangs out with Conrad and all them, and he just he just loves wrestling. So, like I said, I mean, I don't know what he does to have so many fans, and but you know, hey, keep it up, Jay Z.
0: Well, where can people find you on social media, internet? You know any way to watch your matches online, go ahead and plug whatever you got to plug.
2: Well, uh, you know, uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at 87 James Anthony. You can find me on uh, Facebook on my fan page at James Anthony. Um, I'm also on Instagram at uh, 1987 jam. You can find any of my matches from over the weekend, on my YouTube channel. Oh, uh, remember when you um, go to my channel, make sure you subscribe to the channel so you can keep up with all my latest matches. Uh, that is Voodoo K M twenty 21. So that's V O O K. Excuse me, V O O D O O K M twenty one, and it'll take you straight to my uh, fan page. Um, normally, I try to get all of my matches up on Sunday. And then I normally like to put them on my social media around eight o'clock Monday morning on both Facebook and Twitter. Um, so, you know, those are all the different um, different places you can find me at. Um, I post up all my matches. Excuse me, all my uh, shows for the week are posted up on my fan pages on Twitter. You know, I'll always, I always always post where I'm going to be at in case I'm coming to a town near you. Um, you know, if you guys ever have any questions of where I'm going to be. Or if I'm going to ever be close by or if there's some place that you want me to come to, you know, inbox me and, you know, tell me the name of the promotion. Tell me the name of the promoter. And I'll try to get in contact with him and I'll try to see what I can do to come to a town and wrestle near you as soon, uh, soon as I can.
0: So once again, that is on Twitter, 87 James Anthony. And if you want to see his matches, Voodoo KM 21 on YouTube. I just hit the subscribe button myself. Uh, The first match is a six-man tag team match. So if you want to see Mr. Anthony, your – let me make sure I get this right. Hold on. I I wrote it down when you said it earlier. AIWF Mid-Atlantic Heavyweight Champion. That's me. And I'm going to tell you how impressed I am and how you just – remembered all the companies you worked for every anagram form every letter every word like i was really impressed by it <laughs> something so trivial <laughs> i guess but the fact that you remembered all that i was just like damn like i i had to write down what you called it just to make sure i got it right but your aiwf mid-atlantic champion james anthony man i appreciate you coming on the show uh Anytime you want to talk again, you let me know. I followed you on Twitter. Like I said, I'm, I'm on your YouTube page. I'll check out a couple of the, the videos on there. And again, I appreciate it.
2: Anytime, man. And you know, hey, you know, I'll, I'm willing to come on anytime. And, you know, next time when I come on, you know, we don't have to talk about me. If you want, if there's something going on in wrestling, you want to get my opinion on, yo, I'll give it in the best way I can, you know. So. You know, it doesn't always have to be about me. I want to talk I'm willing to talk about any and everything whenever I'm on your show, man.
0: I'm glad you said that because I had a couple other questions earlier, but I didn't want to keep you all night, so so you just you opened up Pandora's box by telling me that. So just know we're gonna be talking a lot more now. (laughs) Hey,
2: I'll tell you what, the baby's coming next week. Give me about a week or two and let's hook back up in about another week or two. How about that?
0: And congratulations again and good luck on the new Japan tryout.
2: I appreciate it, man. All
1: right, brother. You have a good night. Appreciate it.
2: All right. You you too, man. Thanks for having me on the show.
1: No problem. Thanks.